This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to a very cold, dreary, and damp date day edition of the program. And see, you guys didn't get the benefit of hanging around with Paula all day and her light shining. So welcome to the program. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And as you know now, this is the Word to Stand On for Life. It's a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions or life questions. Ladies, especially this day is um, oriented toward you if you have any questions or need any encouragement all you have to do is call us you can dial 210-340-9585 that's 340-9585 if you're outside the local san antonio area you can call toll free at 877-630-KSLR Numerically, that's 6305757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app and send your questions in that way. If you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of your screen and then you're done with your hands and you can use the hands-free feature uh, and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. 340-9585. Paula, welcome to the program. Thank you very, very much. Um, Today, I fell in love again, Pastor Ron. Not necessarily with you. I'm already in love with you. But I fell in love with Chloe. (laughs) <laughs> you better explain to the radio audience who Chloe is. Maybe you better, cause I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. No, one of our one of our young men here who he's been here since he was nine. Now he's all grown up, and he's a man. And he's actually a, he teaches at our academy. He graduated yeah. from the academy and oh. and has been teaching with the academy now for four or five years. I think five. Five years. Yeah. Um, and he's married just this wonderful, wonderful girl. And today they shared their baby with us at breakfast and, you know, after we're eating and stuff. And then, you know, I'm trying to be patient because she's right there on the table in her little <laughs> carrier thing. And, and so then the daddy says, you want to hold her? I was like, okay. <laughs> and I put her on. I wanted to give her a pancake. Well, of course you did. Um <laughs> But I put her on my my chest on the left side, and she just melted into my chest, and I just melted over her. She's just perfect. Do you see? You saw her skin. She's just perfect. She looks. She's a good combination. She's ten days old. Ten days old. Yeah. And I wanted to tell everybody in the in the restaurant. You know, I told a few people that I I saw. See my new grandbaby. Great grandbaby, <laughs> actually. See our new great grandbaby. She's just perfect in the, the the looks on her face, the little her little lips, and just her smile, and it was just I just had that was one of the best breakfasts today, today. You know that's that's one of the the um, hidden treasures of what we do. Mm-hmm. We get to watch these kids grow up. Now this this young man was, um, I mean, first he never thought he'd be married. You know, and, and always wanted to be. Always wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the time he was little, he wanted to be a, a, a husband and a, and a dad. Mm-hmm. And then he met Jessica okay. and um, fell in love. And 
I remember him yelling, she said yes, <laughs> to the whole church. He's so excited. And, and then when he found out he's going to be pregnant, he busts into the church, said, I'm going to be a dad, yeah, you know. And, he couldn't even wait for her yeah. <laughs> to make the announcement. He just came in and told everybody out loud without just no restraint. Yeah. But that's so exciting. But see, he's just, uh, that's what it's like. Yeah. He's, Loves the Lord, and God's answered his prayers, and this is a grateful, grateful yeah, young he's man. he's a grateful man, and man, I just love being around the both of them. And so, yes, so I'm still kind of swooning over Chloe, though. <laughs> well, I did my part. I changed my changed their lives by surprising them with an order of a Fanny Kuchen at Magnolia House. Yeah, you did. You, yeah. And I, I, I just I love to watch people's eyes when they eat that for mm-hmm. the very first mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. It was fun, wasn't it? Fun? So I got to hold her too, and of course she recognized my voice. I love that moment when I get to hold them and whisper in their ear, and mm-hmm. I have a prayer that I pray for them and mm-hmm. let them know how much God loves them. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just a really, really sweet thing. And yeah. she just was the most peaceful, yeah, serene, yeah. Uh, and yet attentive baby. It wasn't like she was just going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's struggling to open her eyes yeah, and yeah. so it was just neat that's that's just one of the neat things that we get to do we get yeah. to see people's lives in stages and that's one of the blessings of longevity you know mm-hmm. i've said paula many times that if we were like a a denominational church mm-hmm. every two where, years where the pastor moved around every two or three or four mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. um you know you don't get to see any of the blessings no you, you get to do the work, and the work in itself is is rewarding. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, you get to see what God has done, yeah. and uh, it's just an amazing thing to watch. Yeah, I just I love it. I can't imagine. I was thinking that same thing. If you were one of those, you know, either itinerant preachers where we had to move all the time, and you know, startups are are great, but this is so much better that we get to be a part of their lives and they allow us to be a part of theirs. It's nope. just so awesome. Everybody has a calling. God knew what we wanted and I mm-hmm. just I just marvel at how much you must love me mm-hmm. to allow me to see mm-hmm. these kind of things. It's so. amazing too because you're a good grandma and a great grandma by the way. A great great grandma? No. I said you're a good grandma. Okay. Oh and a great great grandma. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not Thank great you. great in mm-hmm. chronology but yeah. you're a great great grandmother. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. You know, last night's uh, message where you said it's easy to be a Christian, and we're in Genesis, of course, you know that you're teaching it. Um, but that's kind of what we were talking about today. And you will mention um, the sixth day, God's greatest thing that he created. Was, Next Wednesday. Was, was, yeah, was people, you know, and sitting there talking with Daniel and Jessica. Uh, you know, I, I, I at one point I looked at them and said, you know, I'm holding Chloe. I was like, and people don't believe there's a God, you know, and then they started talking about all the different things that goes into making a person. And it just it's not a big bang thing that made Chloe, you know, yeah. and, and Jessica was telling us yeah. that 10 days old. She shares some of her characteristics, you know, mm-hmm. when she stretches and, mm-hmm. and some other things. Yeah. I said, you know, that's that's in the genes. It's that's, in just, the genes. that's what God God does. And you you're talking about even the animals. Well, people, too, um, they make them after their own kind, you know, to look at Chloe is John Herberling for one thing, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and, then and, and then sometimes he looks, she looks just like Daniel, and then sometimes she, she looks just like Jessica, and then most of the time she looks like a in between. Well, we're really praying that she will sort of evolve, yeah. and look more like Jessica yeah. all the time. Yeah, and, and people may not know who John <laughs> Herberling is. That's Daniel's dad. Yeah. Come on, everybody knows who John John is. But um, and he also teaches at our school. Has been teaching in our school since Daniel was in nine years old. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's been with us a long time. Yeah. And you know, I, I I can't tell you how important this is. I hope everybody in the audience is tuning their ears in right now, because when a dad 
is obedient to the Lord. And when a dad is faithful and consistent and persistent, mm-hmm. the kids catch it. Yeah. And so now we've got this man who's been teaching in our school now for going on 20 years. And uh, he has the privilege and honor of working on the same school staff with his son, who is our fifth grade teacher. Mm-hmm. And um, I just I can't imagine how proud he must be. Yeah. But see, that's the example that they set yeah. and they see the blessings of God yeah. as a result. Yeah. And not trying to rush life away. But how cool will it be for John Herling, the grandpa and Daniel, the dad? to have Chloe as a kindergartner at the school that they teach. I can't wait. I hope I live that long. Or, you know, <laughs> or unless Jesus comes back. Well, that's what we were telling Daniel. Daniel, uh, I thought it was so funny because he's looking at this little girl. He said, well, just want a boy first. Yeah. Just because they're easier and, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit tougher. But now I got this precious little girl. Mm-hmm. And he said for the first few days of her life, all he worried about was, is she going to blow it? Is she going to fall away from the Lord? Is she going to do this as she gets older? <laughs> And and uh, and he sort of dealt with that issue. The mm-hmm. Lord's dealt with him on that issue, um, but but you know now we can just sit back and and enjoy mm-hmm. the gift that God has given. It's yeah. a it's a neat thing. I know. Let me stop talking about Chloe because you know she's gonna okay. probably think, yeah. Mama we, Paula. Let, we we got a phone call, so okay. let's let's take our phone call. Okay. Uh, we got Reuben from Seguin on line one. Reuben, thank you for calling. You're on the air. Ruben, are you there? He's supposed to be having surgery, I think, tomorrow. Today. Okay, well, Ruben is, uh, we must have missed him or... Call back, baby. They're not hearing us. Ruben, we, uh, lines are open, so mm-hmm. we'll take your call. You know, you didn't mention the retreat at the top of the... Oh, yeah, I told you I was in love. My mind just went <laughs> crazy. But two weeks from today is our women's retreat. Um, the theme is Only You, uh, of course, meaning Jesus, and... Um, March 5th through the 7th at Camp Buckner. There are still, um, you can still register, but you have to hurry up. And all you ladies out here, uh, out there, if you haven't uh, ordered your T-shirt, you need to do that. Um, But, yeah, so please sign up and go. You're going to have a blast. Um, And we can't wait to go and come back and tell our church all the wonderful things that only Jesus. Okay. Well, hold that thought, Paula. Reuben is back on the line. Reuben, thank you for calling back. You're on the air. Reuben? Hello. Hi, Reuben. We got you now. God bless you, Pastor. I just wanted to call call you and let you know um, the surgery was canceled. Uh, my uh, my glucose glucose level was 800 and something. Ruben, you having trouble with your phones? Yeah, I guess. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. We let, lost let me call again, back. Let me call back. Let me I call don't back. Whether it's Ruben's phone or our system or something, but uh, we lost you, Ruben. Thanks for that. As Paula had just mentioned, I think his surgery was today. It was supposed, it was to, be supposed today. to be today. So, so. Mm-hmm. his surgery is canceled. Everybody, please keep praying for Ruben and. Uh, when we get the opportunity, he'll come back. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we're having some phone trouble, so Paula, go ahead. Okay, so, you know, people sometimes will say, you know, when you're telling the truth, you know, sometimes the truth, I know for me, sometimes if I'm, I'm telling the truth, it can seem kind of direct or harsh, you know, and um, I pray that when I'm talking to people that I'm telling the truth, in love, even though sometimes you have to tell people, um, you know, you can't do this or that, and they don't really appreciate that. Uh, and yet, when when I walk away, I can be confident that Lord, I told them the truth, and you know, I didn't raise my voice, or I wasn't angry, I wasn't, you know, saying if you don't do what is right, you're going to turn and burn, all that kind of stuff, turn or burn. Um, but I want to always stand for the truth. And and if they make the wrong decision, you know, then the blood's not on my head. But in Second Corinthians 13, 8, it says, for we cannot oppose the truth, but must always stand for the truth. And, you know, sometimes people kind of 
you know, I don't like what you just said. But verse 9 says, we are glad to seem weak if it helps show that you are actually strong. We pray that you will become mature. And most of the time I'm talking to people who are professing to be Christians, and yet their lives, they're not really living as Christ would have them to live. And since I have the gift of encouragement, sometimes I think my gift would is to well is being used to help people stand in the truth. So anyway, we can finish that in a minute because Ruben's back, and I want to make sure we get to get him. Okay, Ruben, are you there? Ruben, can you hear me? I can hear you right now. So if if you break off again. Um, uh, we'll just forget a bit, but we'd, we'd love to hear what's going on. Okay, no, I'm just calling it to let you know that the surgery was canceled because uh, my sugar levels were 898, and my blood pressure was like 700 over 550-something. And the doctor told me I should have been in a coma. He was like, I don't know how you're walking around, and I don't know how you're alive. And I just looked at him, and I said, I could tell you how I'm alive, and I could tell you how I'm walking around. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and but I, I just have this feeling that I'm not even going to need the surgery. I just, I mean, the sugar, yeah, I need to take care of that. I, I could see that. Um, I've never been diabetic you know, this is the first time I was ever told that I'm diabetic. So they gave me this insulin shot. And, but, uh, I just have this feeling that I'm not going to need the surgery. I just, and, 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 and the enemy this week has tried his best. Today was just in an emotional day for me, but, you know, I'm, I'm not. I'm just remembering the words that you can, you you and Paula have have encouraged me with, and 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 just remember what what the word of God says, and remember that you had you took one time you told me that God would never leave me, and that He's not going to leave me, and He's here with me, and that He has forgiven me, and that I am not what the enemy tell tells me that I am, yeah. and you know, and I know that He's trying to, He's just trying to to work my nerves. Because <laughs> that's all he does is work nerves. Sometimes, yeah, Ruben. Sometimes right. he's real good at finding that last nerve, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> so um, I want for the first time in a long time. I'm not crying or anything, <laughs> but I still need the prayers. I still need the prayers, and uh, I wanted to let you guys know. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, but I will keep you guys in the loop and 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 let y'all know what happens, you know. And I want to thank y'all for all, all everyone, everyone that's been praying for me, the ones that I don't know, even the one that remembered uh, my anniversary mm-hmm. of me giving my real name. That's what mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you know. I want to thank everybody. Yeah, yeah. And she remembered, and I didn't even remember, but she remembered it. You know, that's mm-hmm. that that made me feel real good to to know that there really are people who I don't know that are praying for me and that they are. You know, Ruben, last night, last night at our midweek study, uh, I had some people come up to me and say, so have you heard from Ruben? What's going on with Ruben? So there's a lot of people praying (laughs) for you. Yep. Yep. A guy asked me on Sunday. A guy asked me on Sunday. So have you heard from Ruben? What's going on? I'm praying for him. And no offense, but this guy, I I I would never have guessed that he even listened to the show, um, but more than that, that, he would come up to me and ask me about you. I was I was wow. pleasantly shocked. Yeah. Well, Ruben, wow. God's grace is sufficient whether whether you have the surgery yeah. or not. So that's what we'll be praying for you and keep us posted. I will. God Thank bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Bye. You too, Ruben. Mm-hmm. God bless. You know, those are, those are scary times. Uh, not a friend, but a, but a, a colleague, a Calvary Chapel pastor, uh, was having his second brain surgery today. He's uh, got I a, think it's his third one. a brain bleed. Right now. And uh, so today he's having the surgery. And um, um, uh, Pastor Skip Heitzig from Calvary in Albuquerque, mm-hmm. uh, you might add him to all of your prayer lists as well. 
wonderfully gifted Bible teacher, and um, he's he's really tall. He says he bumps his head a lot, and evidently he hit it just the right space because mm-hmm. they fixed it the first time, mm-hmm. and it came back, started bleeding again. So now he's going through surgery again right now. Okay, Paula, phone lines are quiet, so okay, take so off. If since we are supposed to be telling the truth in love, always standing for the truth. And, and encouraging others to do the same. In Ephesians four, fourteen and 15, the reason for all of this is that then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we'll speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And, you know, speaking the truth in love, um, how important is that? You know, people laugh at me a little bit. Um, not in a, like, you're crazy, but kind of in a way you're crazy. You go to all three services? Yeah. I go to all three services on Sunday, and I wouldn't want to miss one. What? Yeah, you know why? Because I want to grow and be immature, not stay immature, and I don't want to be tossed and blown about by every wind of doctrine because before you became a pastor I was a Christian yeah but I didn't I didn't have great discernment and I was listening to everybody and anybody who called themselves a Christian and I didn't know you know I went to a church where they said okay let's everybody get in a circle and um, I, I they wanted to let me know that there was no wrong answer <laughs> That's why I hate little Bible studies. You know what I'm saying? Home fellowship. Yeah. And so I, you could get tossed and blown by everyone to doctrine because everybody in that circle had an opinion. And then what happened was um, in one of them, there was this one pretty good-sized woman, tall, and very um, aggressive. She was the loud speaker kind of thing. So... You kind of follow, oh, she must know what she's talking about, (laughs) you know? And so speaking the truth in love keeps you grounded. And my word for what God has done with you and in you is it keeps you on a firm foundation. You you heard me say, so is our church, the last couple of Bible studies, I hate darkness. Yes. I, I mean, just as a, a fact of my life, I, I've always hated darkness. But I always knew that bad things happen in the dark. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't want to be out in the dark. I didn't want to be in places I was unfamiliar, those kind of things. And and the Bible says, David says, that thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Yeah. And when I'm lost or when I'm I'm stumbling around in the darkness, there's nothing... Uh, more comforting than a than a lamp mm-hmm. than a light, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I don't mean a little flashlight light. Yeah, I mean I want to see all around mm-hmm. me. I want to be able mm-hmm. to see behind me, and and uh, um, understanding God's word is that light, and it keeps you from stumbling. It keeps you from bumping into things, mm-hmm. and it, it just gives you uh, a sense of security uh, that you know what's true and you won't be swayed away. Yeah. And um, it's just that we don't understand the word. You know, you were remarking today about the question I got yesterday from somebody about uh, how do I deal with people who I know when I say certain things are going to hate me or Mm -hmm. judge me or accuse me Mm -hmm. uh, unjustly of things. And the the truth is you've got to get to the place where what you really care about. I mean, I care about all of the people. But the truth in love is the only way to go get those people. Mm-hmm. I don't want to bring them to me. I don't want them to make make them think that I'm a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Love me. Mm-hmm. I want them to come to a place where they can find the truth yeah. and then find that light into their feet. Yeah. I like getting in the car and saying to you, that was kind of a tough message, but the one thing I'm sure everybody can walk away with is he really believes this stuff. He really loves this Jesus who he's talking about. And you know what that makes me, Pastor Ron? A proud, secure wife. (laughs) So, thank you. And like Paul says, I have not failed to declare the whole counsel of God. 
Hey, our friend Ola oh, is on the line. On, line Ola. one. Ola, thanks for calling. You're on the air. <laughs> Hello, Pastor Ron. Hello, Mama Paula. <laughs> Hi, beautiful. <laughs> Hi, thank you so much. I have three questions. Please uh, uh, permit me. I'm so so sorry, but I have three questions, and I'll listen on the other end of the, the line. Uh, my first question is, if, let's say, a parent or somebody who's an elderly person is, is doing something you know that is it's wrong, it's not Christian-like, you just know that, you know, they're not walking according to the will of God. Can a child tell their parent or, you know, an elderly person that, hey, you know, this is not right. Is that allowed? Um, mm -hmm. My second question is, um, why do people, I keep hearing people saying that um, King David danced naked. I can't find it in the Bible. It's like okay. dance naked, and so they're using that to justify some nonsense that they okay. do. And the third, the third one, one is, um, um, yes, uh, Pastor, uh, I think her name is uh, Paula White, um, yes. has recently said people just, you know, I've got the question exactly about right. I've got the question about follow up. Yeah, uh, we're going to have a okay. we have a hard break here, so uh, I'll answer them on the other end of the break. Yes, thank you. <laughs> if you have questions about the Bible, you can send them to Pastor Ron, and he'll answer them on the air or reply directly to you. Email your questions to Pastor Ron KSLR at gmail .com. That's Pastor Ron, KSLR at gmail.com. Welcome back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of the program, 340-9585, and phone lines are open. Ola, let me apologize to you. We came to a hard break, and uh, the computer just cuts us off. They go to commercial. So uh, I, I got your questions, at least most of the last question. So, Paula, let's deal with these questions first. The first was a parent or an elderly person who you know is doing something wrong, um, is it okay to speak up? I, I would go farther than it's okay. Uh, it is required. She asked for a child. Is it okay for a child to correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's what I, I know. Oh, okay, but, okay. But, the, but the idea here, it's not just okay. It's something that we have to do. Mm -hmm. um, somebody that you really love, you want to correct them in love. Mm -hmm. Now, it, it's between them and God what they do with your correction. But taking a stand for righteousness in your home is honoring your parents. The commandment said, honor your mother and your father. Uh, Paul reiterates that in, in chapter 6 of Ephesians. So we, we want to do that for sure, but the way to honor your parent isn't just to turn a blind eye to their sin, but instead to confront them with it in love, not, not in anger, not with the frustration or impatience, but just, you know, mom, dad, I love you. And I can't imagine heaven without you. Christians don't act the way you're acting. And what you're doing is wrong. The Bible says. And then you, you, you call on them to repent. And then whatever the, the, the response is, is not on you, but you're responsible. And, and here's another thing. Unlike um, the sentiment that we face all the time in this world, um, there's a time when they refuse to repent that you've got to separate yourself from them. Mm -hmm. Because you love them, not because you don't love them, or not because you're frustrated with them, but because you love them, and uh, God will use your faithfulness, your standing up for what is right, to, to, to draw them back to Him. And that's the problem, Ola, when they are in sin, they've lost fellowship with God, all you want is for that fellowship to return. So, uh, yes, it, it is okay for a child uh, to do that. And when you were talking about child, uh, this is a, a, an adult child. 
um, or, or even a teenager. It doesn't matter. But yes, you've got to call out sin um, when when it is obvious. Um, the second question, Paula, was about David dancing naked. He wasn't really naked. He was sort of naked. Mm-hmm. He was in a linen ephod. Second uh, Samuel chapter 6, beginning in verse 14, is the story. And it was David simply dancing in pure joy, the purest of joy. As a servant of God, it was after having the Ark of the Covenant returned to the people of Israel. And he was so overjoyed. Uh, remember earlier that they, they tried to bring the Ark back from the Philistines, and um, they did it the wrong way, and Uzzah uh, touched it, and he was killed by God. They, they, they carried the Ark. They wanted to do the right thing. They did it the wrong way. And so um, David took some time, sought the Lord, um, opened the Word of God, and figured out the right way to do it. And when the ark was coming back, remember the ark in the Old Testament is the presence of the Lord. Uh, it, this ties in nicely to your first question, Ola. You know, when we sin willfully, our fellowship with God is broken. When we repent, then our fellowship is restored, and that's a time for rejoicing. So David was simply rejoicing that the presence of God is back among his people, and he didn't care who saw him. It was just unfeigned joy, and it was absolutely magnificent. It disgusted his wife, Saul's daughter, Michal, but uh, he didn't care. Mm -hmm. This is a day for rejoicing. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, we're talking about speaking the truth in love, and the, the question of, you know, should a child correct? And I have scripture, but I also, to, when it, I was talking to Ron today about this, one time I was here at church, and I found myself kind of whining and complaining. Now, this probably doesn't compare to what's going on with your elderly, this person you're talking about, but I was kind of whining and complaining in the hallway, just probably a little bit too much. You know, there are some people who like cold weather. I just happened not to be one, you know, so I was just (laughs) whining, whining, whining. And one of these little boys, you know, he pulled on my on my jacket, like for me to come down to his level. So I I came down to his level, one knee and looked him right in the face. And this is what he said. Mama Paula, you just need to repent. You are not. We're not supposed to complain. <laughs> How old was he? Five, <laughs> maybe five. Yeah. So, but he knew what's right, and he loved me enough to tell me, you know, because he didn't want me to go into the restroom still complaining and come out of the restroom still complaining. He wanted me to be made right with the Lord then and there, and so. That was one of the most loving things. And I said, you are so right. Please forgive me. And then I apologize to everybody in the hallway. I am so sorry. You know, God made cold weather for for you. I shouldn't be selfish. But it was a five-year-old. Brought me down to his level to say, (laughs) Mama Polly, you just need to repent. Of course, everybody knows you're right about cold weather. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's just between me and you and now all these people out there. But, yeah, um, but I don't need to be complaining. Yeah. You know, so in in talking about speaking the truth in in love and, you know, they're not walking right, which sounds like they're professing believers in James five nineteen and 20 says, my dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back and that's the correction um purpose is brought back. You can be sure that whoever brings a sinner back from wandering will save that person from death, spiritual death, and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. And so no matter who it is, whatever age that person of bringing a person back is, the purpose is is love and to get them back on the right track. And and that's love. And, and, you know, our Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. Mm -hmm. But love never covers up sin. That's not that's to miss the point altogether. We don't just well, you know, they're my parents. I can't say anything to them. Um, we don't turn a blind eye ever yeah. if we love somebody. Yeah. So Ola, you're on the right track. God bless you. You had one more question. It was about Paula White, and we didn't get all of the question before we got cut off. 
But I can say to you that there is nothing that Paula White teaches that is worth listening to. Nothing at all. So if it's coming from her mouth, it is not true. Um, she mixes a little truth in with a lot of error. But uh, Paula White is on the extreme end of false teachers. Um, one of the really sad things, she is our president, supposedly spiritual advisor, and actually has a White House cabinet post um, that, that she fulfills, um, which gives her credibility in the eyes of many. Uh, there's nothing, Ola, that Paula White teaches that should be listened to, period. One, she shouldn't be a pastor. Two, um, she doesn't teach what's true. She willfully and continually, even after having been corrected many times over the years, she willfully and continually teaches that which is false. And she's going to have a lot to answer for on the Day of Judgment. So thank you, Ola. It's always good to hear from you. We're still praying yeah. for you. Yes. And give our love to Kenneth. Okay. <laughs> Three four zero ninety five eighty five for your live calls and questions. Okay, Paula. You know, I was reading the, the Beatitudes this morning, and Pastor Ron, I really don't know why or I got there, because I'm I've been reading through, trying to read through Genesis, the first eleven chapters, but you know, I'm reading a, a proverb every day, and I, I don't know why I don't know why I got to the Beatitudes, but anyway, there I was, and I was just looking at. You know, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. And, you know, that's everybody who doesn't have the Lord. But um, let me see, where was I? Uh, well, once you, light. Once you find it, and oh, we'll shoot. take a phone call, okay? You find Great. it. Thank you. Let's go to Cindy calling from San Antonio. Cindy, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Mama Paul. I'm Pastor Ron. I usually have to wait... Hi, I usually wait for a regular day to call in one of my questions because I really enjoy your interaction on the radio. But I, I just was so curious about this. There's a couple things. Do you think that Abraham might have made a lot of notes or manuscripts about his travelings and about what God did and passed them on down? And if Noah would have had them, and then it comes to Moses writing Genesis, and I was curious, do you think that God gave Moses a visual understanding of everything? Because I'm trying to wrap my head around the the water here and the water there and, and this and that, mm -hmm. and it, it just doesn't, um, I, I don't get a visual um, effect on it. I mean, I believe every word of it, it, it just doesn't doesn't register too well in my head but I was just curious about that because last I studied it's just so good being in Genesis but all the books are really good to be in so I'll, I'll kind of listen on radio bye okay thank, thank bye. you Cindy bye sweetie um, uh, Noah was before Abraham so so um, Abraham wouldn't have had any notes um, um, it, it seems likely based on Noah's longevity of life. Uh, it seems likely that they, their, their lives overlapped a little bit, Abraham and Noah's. But um, th there wouldn't have been any interaction between the two. They were in completely different areas of the world. Um, the other thing, Cindy, uh, um, I don't think there was any visualization um, or God painting pictures. I think God was dictating to Moses, or to, to Moses when he was writing the Genesis account. I think it was one of those times, uh, you know, we read often of, of, uh, of uh, Moses being out in the tabernacle in the wilderness and the, the glory of God lighting the place up. Um, Joshua on the outside just wanting to be close to where the action was. And, and I, I think uh, it was in those times, those all-night sessions, those, those times of sweet fellowship. You remember when, when God, they would establish a camp, he would say, you stay where you are until you see the cloud go up, and then it's time to go. You'd, you'd assemble the, the, the camp and then, he, then head out. But there were times, long times, periods of times, where the, the camp stayed where they were. And in many of those times, Moses would be out with the Lord. And my personal opinion is that that was when these revelations were given. And I think personally, Cindy, that God was simply telling Moses, write this down. 
and uh, I don't think Moses got any explanation. I think in the in the presence of the Shekinah glory of God, he didn't need any explanation. Mm-hmm. He just did what he was told. So um, I would have liked to have been there. And these are one of those questions that we're going to get answered when we get to heaven. But um, remember that that God said these are the things that happened. God was the only eyewitness. So Moses was simply dictating or taking dictation uh, for uh, for uh, the, the creation account. Mm. Pretty cool, right? Oh. Love you, Cindy. I can't imagine. She has good questions, huh? You know, I'm just thinking. You can tell she's really smart. Yeah. She didn't think she is, but she's really smart. She you can is tell. smart, yeah, because yeah. she's, she's got great questions. Um, so I was going to talk about some other things, but... You know, sometimes we hear the word, the golden rule. That's actually in the Bible. It's, a, it's a, one of those, you know, those title things. Oh, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, golden rule. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. The golden rule. Do unto others. So, you know, sometimes you'll say, <clears throat> stop, take a deep breath. You know, kind of one of those, back in the day, the, the bracelets, WWJD, what would Jesus do? That's kind of what this is saying, right? Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught. Yeah, unfortunately, we often edit that, do unto others as they do to you. Or before, and they the, do to and, you. <laughs> and, and, and that's not what it says. Yeah. It says, do to others what we would like them to do mm-hmm. to us. And, of course... Uh, that's the whole point of the Sermon on the Mount and what Jesus said. That's the ending of the Sermon on the Mount mm-hmm. right there in Matthew chapter 7. Yeah. What, what, were you, what was on your heart about the Sermon on the Mount, Paul? You know, I don't know. As far as why did I get there? I think what happened is uh, the question that you got yesterday, um, you know, what do you do with people who are, you know, you tell the truth and they don't like it and they're going to, be ugly to you. And it, I, I was reading somewhere in this where it says, those who obey and teach God's word bless. Is that in five? I think that's in five. But I was thinking, well, there it is. It, it doesn't matter basically how we're treated. We, like you say, you want to be liked, you want to be loved, you want to be appreciated, but we, we're not doing this for men, we're doing this for God. And so, you know, though it says you, you will be persecuted and you'll be blessed. Not that you'll feel blessed, but you'll be blessed. Um, and I, I'm going to go back because I think it's in, in chapter 5 at the end where it says those who te- obey and teach. And I, I was going to just forget this until you asked this question. Anyway, I don't know where it is, but uh, but it does say, those who obey his commandments and teach them will be blessed. And so, though you might be scorned or mocked by other people, God is blessed when we tell the truth. But um, going back to this, the golden rule, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. If we will look at the cross... And that song of yours that we, that we sang last night, Your Grace Still Amazes Me. Your Grace Still Amazes Me. Thank you. Okay, so um, the producer is telling me where I was looking. It's uh, Matthew five nineteen, where it says, But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called, oh, this is even better, will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Fist bump, Pastor Ron. You're great <laughs> in the kingdom of it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no. Um, to say you're a Christian and then not obey the word. Um, Jesus said it even more directly. If you love me, you'll obey me. Mm-hmm. But if you don't obey the word, you're teaching people to go the wrong way as mm-hmm. well. You know, Paula, for me, it's, 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 it's really simple. Um, two things. Uh, first, I realize that I'm not to have a will of my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm a servant, and a servant does what he's told. 
So um, uh, I don't get any input when Jesus is giving me a message or when uh, I'm teaching the word. I, I remember it's his word, not mine. Um, um, there's no conflict about, you know, if I say that, it's going to hurt people's feelings. If I say that, people are going to be mad at me. And and uh, maybe some people will be so upset they leave the church last night. I said some really, really very direct things mm-hmm. about what needs to be believed. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I realize that, that it's not my role as a servant to worry about how people respond to me. Mm-hmm. My my purpose is to declare what God says mm-hmm. and only what God says. And if people get mad, I'm in pretty good company. They tried to kill Paul. I said that. Uh, on the show yesterday, they 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 killed Jesus, and um, um, you know I'm in pretty good company. I don't want that to happen. I want people to like me and love me. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, it doesn't matter. It's still my job. I've got to do it. The second thing that I remember, having no authority of my own, my my authority is is borrowed. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing is, is that. Because I know he loves people, um, he wants them to know the truth and be accountable for what they do with the truth. Yeah. So that's that's my job. I, I it doesn't really matter. Again, I'm, I'm like everybody else. I want people to like me and want them to say, "Oh, that's such a great message." Mm-hmm. But but none of that matters. The only thing that matters is, um, am I being faithful to do what the Lord told me to do? Yeah. Let's go to a phone call. Marty from San Antonio on line one. Marty, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Yes, Pastor Ron, thank you. I'm sorry I had to hang up the other day. I had to go and pick up my kids from school. My grandkids. Okay, that's, right okay. that's okay. <laughs> okay. So my question was going to be um, messianic. Could you tell me what uh, someone that says that they are messianic, what exactly does that mean? Okay. Are they are they Jewish by birth, Marty? Do you know? I do not know. Uh, there's just quite a bit of stuff in the story. Uh, all I know is um, that she is uh, a, a black guy, and he is saying that he is messianic. Okay, I, I get that. I can answer that question for you. You know, Marty, we have a, a, a wonderful lady, beautiful lady in the church. Uh, who the first time she introduced herself to me, she said, um, Pastor Ron, my name is, and she gave me the name, she says, I'm a Messianic Gentile. And uh, I laughed with her, not at her, I laughed with her, and I knew what she was getting at. A Messianic Jew, uh, and I'm going to separate the, the, the categories here for you, Marty. A Messianic Jew is a Jew who's come to believe that Jesus Christ is the Christ, or is the Messiah. And they've come to believe in him. The Apostle Paul was a Messianic Jew. Peter and and all of the other disciples turned apostles were Messianic Jews. They found their hope uh, for their Jewish faith in the person of Jesus Christ and then converted and became Christians. Now, unfortunately, one of the things that happens in our culture is... We don't really like making clean breaks from things, especially things that we've invested in all our lives. And so often uh, Jews who find their faith in Jesus Christ will remain focused on the law, focused on Torah. Uh, They'll be focused on maintaining Jewish traditions and customs. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think what happens when they do is that they lose sight of their Jesus, of their Christ. And, and they lose the intimacy of, of grace. Uh, and it's hard for them to really understand the beauty, the magnificent beauty of what grace is and what grace does. So Messianic Jews uh, are, are those who convert to Christianity uh, but hold on to uh, the traditions of, of uh, Judaism. Um, Gentiles, like the lady in my church and this man, uh, that you're talking about, they're not Jewish, um, but somebody has convinced them that um, y- you can get to know Jesus better by understanding and becoming Jewish. And so their approach to him is also through the law or through the traditions and the festivals. And it's fascinating. Um, um, uh, the, the lady in my church loves Jesus with all of her heart. 
and we love her. Uh, and, and we have some areas where we differ. Um, but to, to keep the law, to keep the festivals, uh, is to miss the point. And uh, in, in um, uh, the case of this man that you're talking to, uh, he is somebody who has, um, at least his perception is that he's closer to Jesus through Jewishness, and he sort of adopted Jewishness. Instead of being adopted by a Jew, Jesus, he's adopted Jewishness. And the problem with that, uh, again, is that we lose the wonder and the awe of grace. The church is the church. Converted Jews are part of the church. And when they go backwards, you can read the book of, of Hebrews, you can read uh, Colossians and Galatians. There's inherent danger, Marty, in going back uh, into that which we have already been delivered from. The law condemns. We've been set free from the curse of the law. And uh, to go back to the law which condemned us seems to me to miss the point of a relationship with Jesus altogether. So, Marty, that's what he's talking about, and I hope that makes sense to you. Appreciate it very, very much. Mm-hmm. Paula, we're inside two minutes. I don't I know which one to do with the last two yeah, minutes. Yeah, you, you talked about grace, that song, your, one of your favorites. Your grace still amazes me. Yeah, your it, love. It is my favorite. Well. Sing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's still a mystery each day. I fall on my knees. Your grace still amazes me. And that grace gives us freedom from having to obey rules and rituals. You know, I get to walk hand in hand with Jesus each day, knowing he's already pleased with me. I don't have to, you know, do feasts and festivals and, you know, the, the pictures. He came and he fulfilled that. I get to walk with him. Yeah. That, that, good. that great Jew. Hey, you can hear the music. We are at the end of the program. Thanks for the calls. Thank you for your prayers. Keep Reuben in your prayers. May the Lord bless you and keep you. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow on AM 630 The Word at 4 o'clock. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4. And Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio.